0: Good morning and welcome to the First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin. We're a spiritual and spirited community dedicated to the free and responsible search for truth and meaning, and we're very glad you're here. So, um, we also are dedicated to being in right relationship with ourselves and with one another and with the planet We come from a long line of teaching that there is a spark of the divine in everyone. And so if you are watching on the live stream, please greet the divine in our midst by uh, greeting one another in the comments, if you have comments. And if you're in the room, please turn to your neighbors and greet them, the divine in you greeting the divine in them.
1: Please join me in our words for lighting the chalice. This is the flame we hold in our hearts as we strive for justice for everyone. This is the light we shine upon systems of oppression until they are no more. This is the warmth that we share with one another as our struggle becomes our salvation. I thank you, God, for most this amazing day. For the leaping greenly spirits of trees and a blue true dream of sky, and for everything which is natural, which is infinite, which is yes. I who have died am alive again today, and this is the sun's birthday. This is the birthday of life and of love and wings, and of the gay great happening, illimitably, earth. How should tasting, touching, hearing, seeing, breathing, any lifted from the know of all nothing, human merely being, doubt unimaginable you? Now the ears of my ears awake, and now the eyes of my eyes are opened. American poet, painter, author, and playwright, E.E. E. Cummings.
0: This congregation wrote a mission for itself, for guidance as we move together into the future. We say it every Sunday. We wrote it on the wall. It means a lot to us. Let's say it together. Together, we nourish souls, transform lives, and do justice to build the beloved community. Every time after we say our mission, we have a moment for beloved community. And we've been talking in this moment about the eighth principle, which is a proposed principle to add to the seven Unitarian Universalist principles we already affirm and promote. It's not a creed, but they are things upon which we agree that we want to um, say yes to. And so this eighth principle has language in it, that um, we talked about last Sunday, and I just want to tell you what the, how the discussion went. So the discussion was overwhelmingly positive about the eighth principle, which we're going to vote on as a congregation to adopt it in our May meeting. But there were concerns. One of the concerns was about this word that says, "accountably," that our actions will accountably dismantle systems of oppression in our institutions and in ourselves. And the question is, who is accountable and to whom are we accountable? And one of the people who talked um, to me privately was worried that the word accountable would set up a system by which congregants would be angry at the ministers if we didn't um, do enough to abolish racism in our congregation and in ourselves. And that never occurred to me because who do I think is accountable for this? All of us, yes, so how could you be mad at the minister? The minister is not some kind of guru that can do everything perfectly. Um, sorry to disappoint those of you who didn't know that. And the other concern was what will be the consequences if we adopt the principle and don't do what we can to dismantle systems of oppression, racism, patriarchy etc in ourselves and in our systems and one person said well we should just take a big red marker and mark out beloved community on our wall and um that was an attention getting remark (laughs) what we probably will do um if it passes is create a small group that um is tasked with helping us figure out more ways of dismantling racism and oppression within ourselves and in our community. Um, We have been studying this a long time and the secret is that nobody knows how to do this. We read Ibram X. Kendi and he has good suggestions on how to make a start and so we make a start with the suggestions that we have following our black thought leaders and our brown thought leaders Um, The people of color uh, are not, though, responsible for white people uh, dismantling systems of oppression within themselves. And so those among us who are people of color should not feel the responsibility of teaching everybody about racism. Those of us who identify as white should feel the responsibility in ourselves to dismantle this accountably, and you're accountable to the children of the congregation, and you're accountable to... The other people in the congregation, and we're accountable to our community here. So we're going to keep bumbling through the best we can without a searingly good uh, business plan.
2: (inaudible) Thank <inaudible>
1: have an eye for miracles, regard the bud now appearing on the bare branch of the fragile young tree. It's a mere dot, a nothing, but already it's a flower, already a fruit, already its own death and resurrection. Italian poet and literary critic, Diego Valeri.
0: Now is the time in our service where we breathe together. So, kids, if you want to do this, um, it's time to breathe. You put your hand on your belly and you try to push your hand out with your breath a little bit. You're not trying to breathe as hard and as loud as you possibly can, but you're just trying to breathe. We're going to breathe five times all together. Here we go. We breathe again together. We pretend grown ups do this too if you want to. We pretend that our fingers are candles that are lit and we're gonna blow out each candle. Here we go, lift up your hand and blow out your candles. They're all different ways of breathing and they make you feel different kinds of ways. Some kinds of breathing make you feel very calm and others make you feel very awake. And it's interesting to experiment which ones make you feel which ways. In our time of meditation, we think about people who are in trouble. We think about the people who are in war. We think about the people who are in a situation where they don't have enough shelter or enough food or water. We think about our sorrows and our pains. We think about our joys. We bring them all together and we're grateful to be alive. And we're grateful to be able to be helpers in this world. May it be so. As we continue in an attitude of meditation, you are invited to light candles of joy or sorrow, hope or remembrance or dedication.
2: Sit down.
0: Today I'm going to tell you a different Easter story. It's um, a story from 3,000 years B.C. So it's the first complete faith story that was written in, on a stone. In little tiny, 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 tiny letters. The whole story was written on this stone. And it's the story of a goddess named Inanna. Can you say that name? Inanna. Inanna. Yeah, it's kind of fun to say her name almost, but her father's name was Nana, and her name is Inanna. Her father was the god of the moon, and she was just kind of a medium goddess, until one day she took a crown and put it on her own head. She crowned herself, and she said, I am fabulous. (laughs) And she went to visit her grandfather, one of her grandfathers, her mother's father, who was the god of the waters. And they sat down at a table. He had word that she was coming, and he spread a beautiful welcome table out for her. And they started to drink adult beverages. (laughs) And they drank and drank and drank until they both were quite tipsy. And they kept making toasts to each other. And he made 14 toasts. And in every toast, he gave her 10 more, sorry, 7 more powers. Every toast, he gave her 7 more powers. And so, he gave her the power of truth. He gave her the power of descent into the underworld. He gave her the power of ascent up from the underworld. He gave her power of uh, treachery. And the power of straightforwardness. Lamentations. Rejoicings. A secure dwelling place. Woodworking. <laughs> <laughs> Copper working. Leather working. Building. Perception. Attention. And counseling. So those of you who are counselors, Inanna is your girl. In the morning, uh... The grandfather sobered up and realized that he'd given away all of these powers that he used to have and that now she has. Because every time he said, I grant you this power and that power with the toast, she would say, I'll take it. (laughs) And lo, she took them all. She ran Because she figured he would sober up in the morning. And she made it all the way to her hometown where she built a home shrine and put all the powers in her home shrine. So he couldn't come get them. This is in the country which is now Iraq was her hometown, uh, the Babylonian uh, area. So um, she was enjoying being... The queen of heaven and earth. Because that's what all these powers made her into. She was the queen of everything. The earth, not the under earth, not the underworld, but the over earth that we live on. So she is queen of everything. And she got the power of perception. So she started opening her ears so she could hear what was going on in the earth. And she heard all the way from the underworld, her sister who was named Erish Kegel. That's a weird name, isn't it? Can you say Erish Kegel? Erish Kegel. Yes, her sister Erish Kegel, her husband had just died. And so she was very sad and she was crying. And Inanna heard her sister crying. And she said, I need to go visit my sister. Um. So she started planning her trip to the underworld where her sister lived. Because her sister had been married to the king of the underworld who had just died. So her sister was now queen of the underworld. So you have queen of the world and queen of the underworld and they're going to have a visit. Do you think that went well? <laughs> no, it did not. Inanna put on seven of her powers. To go to the underworld, she took her crown. She took her necklace of small beads, which uh, in which resided some of her one of her powers. She took a necklace of a double necklace of beads, which in which resided another one of her powers. She took a breastplate. She took a gold bracelet, and she took something that I don't really understand what it was, but it was a lapis measuring stick and line. So with the measuring stick, she could measure anything she needed to measure. And with the line, she could make sure things were straight, which is how you build. Since she had the power of building, you have to have things straight up and down unless you're a very, very skillful builder or a very bad one. (laughs) Straight up and down is how we build. So then she had this uh, handmaiden who was like her best friend. And she had a husband whose name was Dimuzi. Um, she told her very best friend, her handmaiden, she said, I'm going down to the underworld to visit my sister because she's crying and I need to go to the funeral. And if I'm not back in three days, beat the drum, start a lamentation. Lamentation is a big song of anguish and upsetness. Um, start a lamentation and go to my grandfathers and my father and get me out of there. And so her handmaiden said, okay, I will. If I don't hear from you in three days, I'm going to come get you. Okay. What happened was she got to the gate of the underworld and her sister knew she was coming. And her sister said to the gatekeeper, You can let her in, but don't let her in with any of her powers. Now, there's seven gates to the underworld. And how many powers did she have? Seven powers that she brought with her. And so at the first gate, he said, Inanna, take off your crown. And she said, why? I don't understand. And he said, silence. The ways of the underworld are perfect you think it would feel good to say that? Silence! The ways of the underworld are perfect. Silence! The ways of the underworld are perfect. Yes. That's what he said to her. So she took off her crown and went through the first gate. Then she came to the second gate. And um, he said, "You you need to remove your small necklace. And she said, I don't understand why. And he said... Silence, the ways of the underworld are perfect. So she took off her, sec- her first necklace. Then she got to the third gate, and he said, You have to take off your second necklace, your big one. And she said, I don't understand why I have to take these powers off. And he said, Silence, the ways of the underworld are perfect. So she took off her, her double necklace. At the fourth gate, she had to take off her breastplate. At the fifth gate, her gold bracelet. At the sixth gate, her measuring rod and line. And the seventh gate, all she had left was her dress, her blue robe, her royal robe. And he said at the seventh gate, your sister wants you to come in naked and bowed down. And she said, I don't want to take off my dress. And he said... Silence. Silence. The ways of the underworld are perfect. So she took off her royal robe and came in naked and bowed down without any of her powers, stripped of all of her powers. And she found herself in a strong room, a fortress room that she could not escape from. And in this room were judges. And the judges put her on trial. And they condemned her to death. Her sister sat with the judges and turned upon her the eyes of death. That's what this stone tablet said. Her sister turned upon her the eyes of death. So we don't have that in this country. I don't think. (laughs) So the guards beat her up until she died. And they hung her body from a hook on the wall so she was there dead hanging from a hook on the wall for three days now remember what she'd said to her maid servant and best friend if i am not up and out in three days you're going to beat the drum and cause a lament and tell everybody that i need to be rescued And so her maidservant did that. On the third day, her maidservant started beating the drum and wailing the lament. And she went to uh, Inanna's father's father, the god of the fire. And she said, Inanna needs help. She's in the underworld and she can't get out. And the grandfather, the god of fire, said, she knew what she was getting into. She deserves whatever she gets. I'm not helping so the maidservant went to the father, the god of the moon, and said, You need to help Inanna. She's in the underworld, and she can't get out. And he said, We told her not to go. She knew what she was getting into. We're not going to help her. She, she deserves what she gets. And so the maidservant dressed up like a beggar and went to the other grandfather, the god of the waters. The grandfather who had gotten drunk and given her all her powers and then sobered up and regretted it. But he still listened to the maid servant who said, She needs help. She's in the underworld. We can't get her. We can't get her out. You need to help her get out. And he said, I will help her get out. And here's what he did he started cleaning the dirt from under his fingernails. You know, sometimes your fingernails get dirt underneath. He cleaned the dirt out, and of two little blobs of dirt, he changed them into flies. And he gave one fly the food of life, and he gave the other fly the water of life. And he said to these two flies, go down into the underworld and get Inanna and bring her back. And so the flies, do you think they had to answer at the gate? No, the gatekeeper didn't even see them. They just went through, right through all the gates. And they got down to the um, underworld and Erish Kegel, the sister with the eyes of death, um, Erish Kegel was in labor, means she was going to have a baby. She was having a baby. And she was screaming because sometimes labor hurts. Sometimes. And she was saying, Whoa is the front of me? And the little flies just, um, the god of fire had told them, When you get down there, just be nice to Erish Kegel. Be really kind to Erish Kegel, the mean sister. So they said, They just sat there with her and they went, Whoa is the front of you? And she went, Whoa is the back of me? And they went, Whoa, is the back of you? Just repeating what she said, which is what you should do when somebody's in pain. <laughs> you should not try to cheer them up. You should just sit there with them and be feeling with them, which is what the word compassion means. Feeling with somebody. She said, Whoa, is my belly. And they went, Whoa, is your belly. And she said, Whoa, is my back. And they went whoa is your back now this lasted a lot longer i will cut it short right here but <laughs> suffice it to say she was whoa in almost every part of her body <clears throat> and they woed right with her and finally she stopped and she said who are you guys
1: <laughs>
0: if you were human i would give you gifts And they said, oh, we don't want any gifts. And she said, come on, let me give you something. You've been so kind to me. And they said, well, if you really want to give us something, just give us that old corpse in the corner there hanging on the wall. That's all we want. We're flies. So just give us that corpse in the corner. And she went, really? Okay. And so she gave it to them. And they buzzed over to Inanna. And the one with the food of life gave her the food of life. And the one with the water of life gave her the water of life. And Inanna started coming back to life. And she wanted to leave after she came back alive again. And the guards in the underworld said, all right, you may leave because you have the power to ascend from the underworld, which is one of the powers that she'd left behind. Um, You may leave and we will guard you and go with you because you know what? You're going to have to send somebody in your place. And so they marched with her and the two flies back up to the overworld and marched her home. And on her way home, this is all in little letters on the stone. On her way home, she saw this person and that person and thought, should I send you? No, I really like you. Should I send you? No, you're a really good person. And then she got almost home and she saw her husband. (laughs) who was partying in the woods while she was in the underworld dead and suddenly it occurred to her who would be the perfect person to send back in her place. And so she said to the guards, him, take him. And they started beating him up. And his sister, and this is sisters all over the world, you know. His sister's like, no, don't take him. Take me instead. And so the guards were confused. And they had another little trial right there. And they decided they would take him for half the year and the sister for half the year. And that's what they decided. And so the story is a weird one. (laughs) but it's not any weirder than other faith stories that are told all around the world for the dying and rising gods of which there are many dying and rising gods most of whom celebrated at about this time of the year when the earth starts awakening again So I think what this story is telling us is teaching us how to be with somebody who's causing us pain or somebody who's in pain. So, you know, when somebody's in pain and they say, oh, I'm just so tired of hurting, you don't go, oh, come on, it's just temporary, you'll get better. You just go, you're so tired of hurting. I don't know why that's more comforting than cheerleading, but it is. If somebody says, I just can't see any reason to live any longer. You're really tempted to list them the reasons to live longer. But the first thing to try, according to this story, would be, you just can't see reasons to live longer. And you just be with them. Now, what does this mean? I was trained in uh, Jungian dream interpretation. And what they say is, that every part of the dream is you. So if this dream is you and you are the one who is suffering loss after loss after loss of your powers. This happens as you age, but it happens before that too. If you lose a job or if you get a bad diagnosis, if you're sad about your parent or if you're sad about your kid, it can it can feel like over and over and over again. Powers are being stripped away from you until you are naked and bowed down and you don't know what to do. Has anybody ever felt like that before? I think most of us have. I won't ask you to raise your hand. We just feel powerless, almost dead. This is a story of transformation and transmutation. Because what the Easter story tells us and what this Inanna story tells us is that after death comes life again. Somehow, some way. And you can't always see how it's gonna happen. Could you imagine that it would happen because of two flies that were sent to whisper in your ear and give you the food of life? Nobody could have thought of that. <laughs> So it's a story of transformation because I have to think that Inanna was a better goddess after that experience. Although, I don't know, she was kind of salty. (laughs) And I think if everything in the dream is us, then Erish Kegel, the one with the eyes of death, is also us. And that it is part of us that is making us lose all our powers. We are part of that whole system. And I don't know the answer to that. Because sometimes it's just time and as you age that takes away your powers. But sometimes it's other stuff in you that's taking away your powers. And how do you deal with that part of you that is being mean to you? Well, this story says, be compassionate to it. Hold it in compassion. So if you have a mean little voice inside you that says, you're never going to be any good, you can just have compassion and say, oh, you're telling me I'll never be any good. And once you isolate it as one voice inside you, then it's easier to deal with. You can know you're, you're not all of me. You're not the voice of God in me. You're just the voice of my inner Erish Kegel with the eyes of death. And you just want me dead because you're hurting. And then you speak comfortingly to that part of you that wants you dead. I hope that makes some sense. I'm still working on it myself. Because stories like this um, that they call myths are really... The dreams of the human consciousness. And they're telling you a truth that you might need to know, but it's never a simple truth. Never a simple truth. So there's your Easter story for this year.
1: Now, please join me in our words for extinguishing the chalice. We extinguish this flame, but not the light of truth, the warmth of community. Are the fire of commitment. These we hold in our hearts until we are together again.
0: Remember the way of the wind and breathe and blow. Remember the way of the fire and sparkle and glitter and glow. Remember the way of the water, and ebb and flow. Remember the way of the earth, and grow. Happy Easter, and go in peace.
1: This is a production of the First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin. For more information, go to our website at austinuu.org.